ever stopped to think that the best and worst place to live is in your mind? Think about it. We can create our own destiny or our own downfall. It all has to do with the way that we choose to think and see things. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, with your host, Dr. Paula Joyce. Dr. Paula is here with her guest experts to show you just how to change that negative way of thinking and see your world in a positive light. Now, here is Dr. Paula. Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners from every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues. A special gratitude goes this week to our listeners in the countries of South Africa, Japan, and the Russian Federation, and in the states of Minnesota, Alabama, and Arkansas. And to all of you for helping us reach a new high of 155,000 listeners, because you keep listening, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit is a top-ranked show here on Voice America, the leader in live internet talk radio. In addition, to our amazing guests, I always include a tip of the week, a silver lining story, and the name of an archangel to help you grow and heal personally, professionally, and spiritually. To open up your spiritual awareness and absorb the information in today's show at a higher level of consciousness, I encourage you to say these two sentences out loud with me. I am a peaceful soul. I am a being of light. And now for your tip of the week from my ebook, 33 Tips for Self-Empowerment. Self-empowerment connects you to your limitless higher self, giving you an inner foundation of love, eliminating fear and bringing in peace and joy. Your limitless higher self has direct access to the divine. And through that love, you can heal yourself and the planet. For today's topic, your tip is observe nature. One form of meditation is to sit and relax in nature or to look outside from a comfortable spot. Enjoy the beauty of the sunset, the flowers, the birds singing. There are numerous research studies that document the power of nature to help us heal emotionally, mentally, and physically. Even having a screensaver with a picture of nature decreases your stress by 10%. Sitting or walking in nature is even more effective. When my children were growing up, I would often walk, talk with them about nature and share my love of the beauty and serenity that I experience when observing or connecting with nature. I would point out sunsets, flowers, and birds, and of course, the joy of the ocean and the calming sound of the waves. As they moved into adolescence, they often ignored me or made fun of me when I would get excited about something particularly moving. It didn't dissuade me from continuing to share my love of nature. Years later, I got an unexpected early morning call from my 20-something-year-old. I was greeted with, I'm at the ocean and it's so beautiful. I had to call you and share it with you. Then I knew I had made a difference. The synchronicity was quite 
quite special, too, because at the same time, I was sharing staring at a beautiful mountain outside my hotel window in Arizona. I treasured having that moment of enjoying nature together in very different settings, thousands of miles away. Here is a piece I wrote in 2000 that I want to share with you. My peaceful place, a place of no time, no worries, no have-tos, only sun, birds, squirrels, and their playground. The trees provide endless entertainment for the squirrels as they scamper, chase, jump, and occasionally pause in their endless motion-making activity. The birds and wind provide the music with a variety of sounds that only nature could create. The butterflies grace me with their presence and their beauty, even landing on me from time to time. The purple martins swoop low over my head as they go out in search of food, and the crow and mockingbird play their version of King of the Mountain on the telephone wires. A whole world exists parallel to mine. When I'm walking or driving, I have to force myself to tune into them. It's all too easy to stay in my head and forget to enjoy the beauty that has been provided. Then a bird will fly across my windshield, catch my attention, bring me out of the mundane, remind me to look and listen, and inevitably I smile. My next workshop is Discovering Hope and Silver Linings. No matter what's going on in your life or in the world, you can always find something to be grateful for. Happiness is the result of how we think about our circumstances and not what our circumstances are. When we focus on the negative, that's all we see, and we miss the amazing things that are good in our lives. I've learned to notice What I wish were different, but not dwell on it. I no longer get stuck in the pain and drama. Instead, I keep my attention on the good things, the things that make me smile and bring me joy and hope. From that place of gratitude and happiness, it's easy to bring in more of the same so that the good things keep multiplying. When something is especially challenging, I focus on what I'm learning and how I'm growing in wisdom, knowledge, strength, patience, compassion, compassion, empathy, and or love, including self-love. There's always something to be grateful for. Yet 80% of our thoughts are negative, and even worse, 90% of our thoughts about ourselves are negative. We worry one to eight hours a day, even though only 8% of what we worry about actually happens. Negative thoughts eat up our time, energy, health, and self-esteem. We must discover new ways of thinking and focus on hope and silver linings. Our very lives depend on it. In our time together, you will learn how to shift your thoughts from fear, worry, and negativity to hope. Find the silver linings in every situation and have compassion for yourself and others. For details and registration, go to drpaulajoyce.com. If you don't live in Dallas, contact me for individual or group coaching or invite me to give a speech or to present this workshop or another one like overcoming abuse in your area. 
Choosing to be positive, choosing to think, see, feel, and act in new and healthier ways is the heart of uplift your life nourishment of the spirit. We all have choices, but we can't make the best choices for ourselves if we don't know what the options are. This show provides you with new information on health and healing with an emphasis on spirituality and the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and physical and mental health. We can all choose happiness, gratitude, abundance, love, peace, and positivity. As we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go, we open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty, and love in our lives. My show helps you to do that by providing you with new information, perspectives and techniques, inspirational stories, and guests who are thought leaders in their field, like our guest today, Dr. Barbara Naderson Horowitz, who is here to talk about what animals have to tell us about raising adolescent children. I received this email after our show last week with Maureen St. Germain, who talked about heaven on earth, love, joy, harmony, and happiness. The information on the fifth dimension was very interesting. Having been blessed to hear your previous interview with Maureen, from which I learned one new daily prayer, I now have another one that she gave us in this interview that I'm adding. Plus, I now understand my experience with my best friend from several years ago when I accompanied her to her nail shop. When we were leaving for lunch, her car keys were nowhere to be found. Since I had my car, I drove her to her home to pick up something she needed, and there were her keys on the living room table. I didn't understand how she drove herself without her keys until Maureen explained about losing and finding objects when you are in different dimensions during different each experience. I'm grateful for all of Maureen's knowledge and experience that she so easily and joyfully related to everyone who was blessed to hear her words. Maureen shared with us how the fifth dimension is completely different from our current way of experiencing the world. We are all moving into positive thinking and uplifting beliefs with the ability to be in gratitude and see the unconditional love that surrounds us and is becoming our new way of being in the world. Maureen offers some ideas on how to make this your reality. She was also kind enough to say that my show is helping people move into the fifth dimension. If you missed this episode, I encourage you to listen by clicking on the episode link on this page for more on spiritual evolution. Please listen to some of our shows like June 15, 2017 with Steve Taylor, Spiritual Awakening. August 2nd, 2018 with Mary and Ronald Hulnick, Knowing Your True Essence is Love. And April 18, 2019 with Lee Harris, Energy Speaks, Messages from Spirit on Living, Loving, and Awakening. You can hear these shows, Maureen's show earlier this year on August 29th, or any other shows that you may have missed or want to listen to again. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You have easy access anytime, day or night, allowing you to listen when it fits your schedule or when you need hope, comfort, or inspiration. Whenever it is, I'm here for you. 
Now it's time for my silver lining story. My last workshop, Walking the Labyrinth, a Sacred Experience, led to some profound insights. My whole experience from planning the walk to completing it was an adventure. First, it took me weeks to find a location that would allow me to bring a group and then to communicate with everyone involved to set a date. Finally, everything was in place. When I got there, I discovered that only part of the center of the labyrinth was accessible to us. It turns out that after we had meticulously coordinated all schedules, they added a fundraising event, which included having a potted tree in the center of the labyrinth. I was disappointed, but it wasn't a problem that warranted our rescheduling the walk. So we proceeded. I shared some of my labyrinth experiences and we embarked on our walk. While in the labyrinth, I felt like it was taking me longer than usual to get to the center, just like it took me longer than usual to set up the walk. When I got to the center, I had to explore a new approach since the tree was in the middle. I turned to look at the tree and without any forethought, I put my hand up to touch the trunk of the tree. I think it was my body searching for a way to be in the direct center of the labyrinth. As my fingers touched the tree, I felt a surge of energy go from the center of the labyrinth up the tree trunk into my arm and through my body. Then I remembered that in my channeled session last week with Juan Washington, one of our guides told me to to put deep into my consciousness that the tree trunk was my foundation. So here I was in the center of the labyrinth on just the right day to experience the trunk. To make sure I knew this was no accident, the tree was surrounded by burgundy flowers, which was the channel guy's favorite color. My walk out of the labyrinth felt much longer than my walk in, even though they are exactly the same length. I kept wondering if I had gotten off the path and was walking back into the center instead of out of the labyrinth. I wasn't. As I thought through what I had experienced, it all made sense. It was symbolic of my life's journey up to this point. Having grown up with abuse, marrying into it, and finding it in every part of my life, my journey had been marked by fear, self-doubt, and constant questioning if I was doing the right thing and if I would ever reach my goals of self-love, peace, and joy. Yes, it has taken longer than I expected, but the tree was confirmation that I'm right where I need to be at exactly the right time. I am following the correct path. I am not lost. I can trust myself and my guides as I walk out of the labyrinth into more of who I really am, safe, free, and surrounded by love. Our guest today, Dr. Barbara Natterson Horowitz, is a visiting professor in the Department of Human Evolutionary Biology at Harvard University, professor of medicine in the UCLA Division of Cardiology, and president of the International Society for Evolution, Medicine, and Public Health. Barbara and Catherine Bowers co-authored Wildhood, The Epic Journey from Adolescence to Adulthood in Humans and Other Animals. Their previous book, Zubiquity, was a New York Times bestseller, Discover Magazine's best book of 2012, and a finalist for an Excellence in Science Books Award. 
You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. Mahatma Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. And Mother Teresa said, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. If you believe this while listening to the commercials, go to my website, drpaulajoyce.com, to like and recommend us on Facebook, then friend Paula Joyce, and I will send uplifting messages between shows and help you be part of the solution. Only like and follow the people who add positivity to the world. Then read about and register for my new workshop, Discovering Hope and Silver Linings, or contact me to schedule one in your area. Also click on past guest Maureen St. Germain's banner for her guided meditations, five books and classes. Her trained Akashic Records guides will help you navigate your way through life. Your question for today is, what parts of your own adolescence are you still trying to heal? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Barbara Natterson Horowitz, who's here to talk about what animals have to tell us about raising adolescent children. what makes the most successful people tick keep listening to the voice america empowerment channel VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. be the best that you can be dr paula invites you to meet with her for a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session dissolve hidden barriers to your goals solve your most challenging problems and unleash your inner power visit paulajoyce.com or call dr paula the life doctor at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation whether it's individual or group business or personal attain success with ease mention that you heard this on uplift your life and receive 10 percent off your first service call 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com today Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. 
You may also send an email to Dr. Paula at drpaulajoyce.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners, and as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach hundreds of thousands of people. If this interests you or if you want to help sponsor the show, make a donation or become part of the conversation today, please call 888-346-9141 or email Dr. Paula drpaulajoyce.com I value you and what you have to say so please let me know what's on your mind and heart and I hope you wrote down what parts of your adolescence you're still trying to heal and I'm so pleased to welcome Dr. Horowitz who's here to talk about what animals have to tell us about raising adolescent children welcome Dr. Horowitz thanks I'm delighted to be here Well, it's a delight to have you on the show, and adolescence is um, such a difficult age, uh, having raised three children and now um, have grandchildren moving into that stage. So it's, um, I think it's such important information that you have to share. And I was wondering if you could first tell us how um, a, a medical doctor who's a cardiologist is now studying animal behavior. Right. Well, very briefly, I was, um, I was a professor of medicine um, at UCLA, and I received a call one day uh, from the veterinarians at the Los Angeles Zoo who asked if I'd come and begin doing some cardiac imaging that is uh, helping to make some diagnoses on some of their animal patients. Uh, to help them. I mean, they were, you know, board-certified veterinarians who are very expert, but sometimes they do reach into the human medical community uh, to participate, and I was one of the lucky physicians who got that call. And to make a very long story short, that experience of um, going to the zoo and engaging with veterinarians and learning about more and more about uh, the health challenges, both physical and mental health challenges of other animals that are not human beings, um, really transformed how I understood the health challenges facing my human patients. It changed how I uh, not only taught medical students and um, did my investigation, but it really transformed how I saw the world. And um, Catherine Bowers and I uh, spent the last 10 years turning to the world of wild animals and wild animals and um, even farm animals and our pets to better understand the human experience. Our first book, Ubiquity, really was a deep dive into um, the human problems of cancer and heart disease and anxiety and all those kinds of issues, um, looking at these problems from through a veterinary lens. But for the last five years, we have taken the lens that we've developed to look across species and evolutionary time to better understand one of the most dangerous and difficult phases of life for our species, and that's adolescence. And that, um, in short, kind of summarizes about 12 years of, of a transformation from a, a very kind of typical physician who is exclusively focused on homo sapiens and our problems to um, a person who looks, I think, more broadly and deeply um, and sees connections uh, that I'd never seen before. 
Well, I think it's absolutely fascinating. I think any of us who are interested in the natural world and or have pets and or have pets know that their animals are far more human-like than we have previously given them credit for that um, the emotions and the intelligence, the problem-solving capabilities, um, their ability to love and so on is is so much stronger than we used to think possible. So I know that um, one of the things that you've looked into is um, how is risky behavior in teenagers and in adolescents. So how, what is the animal kingdom telling you about, about this behavior and, and what can parents do to help their children and, and to be better parents? So when I first started thinking about how, we might look to nature and animals to better understand developmental challenges of human life. Um, it, it was, um, there was a big question in my mind, which was, do non-human animals actually have the same kinds of developmental stages that we humans do? And, you know, it, it may seem obvious, but even as recently as 10 years ago, um, it was widely believed that adolescence was uniquely human or even produced by our modern times. And so what has been um, really exciting about uh, this five-year study of wild animal adolescence for me has been to see not only connections that are biological and physiological, but to see those biological realities um, manifest as behaviors um, across species. So let's talk about risk-taking. So one of the the, um, major challenges for uh, parents is that during adolescence, Teenagers' brains change in ways that make them more likely to, to do knuckle-headed things that can get them into all kinds of trouble. <laughs> Adolescents have um, a higher risk of having, you know, injuries and, and worse. So um, what are the insights that we can gain from nature? Well, the first part of the study that I did was to ask the question, do non-human adolescents, that is, do adolescent fish, amphibians, reptiles, birds, and non-human mammals, do, do adolescents across those taxa, do they take more risks? And more to the point, do they have more accidents and a higher mortality? Because of course, one of the really, um, you know, most tragic aspects uh, can be tragic of adolescence is that the adolescent brain predisposes teenagers to do things that can get them into, you know, the ultimate kinds of problems. So, um, this study, uh, Catherine Bowers and I looked uh, at almost a million and a half records, and indeed we were able to establish that adolescent fish, adolescent reptiles, adolescent birds, and adolescent mammals who aren't humans do have increased mortality in that period of time when they are big enough to leave home, they're, so they're physically big, but they lack experience. And the insight that we took away from this was that... Um, being big in body but low in experience makes adolescents what biologists in, the, in nature, wildlife biologists call predator naive. They, um, they're big and dumb in a certain sense, these animals. They don't yet know what a 
predator's tricks are. They fall for it. And so being easy prey, it puts them at high risk of exploitation. One of the things we see in, in human teenagers is that this this big in body and low in experience, and I'm talking about kids who are, you know, 13 and, and boys maybe, you know, 5, 8, or even 6 feet tall, and they're old enough to not be under direct parental protection and supervision, right? They've, they're physically big enough to, to not have parents watching over them all the time. But, um, but this naivete, uh, this is the period when we see lots of, lots of bad things happen. So the takeaway is that experience and practice and having some knowledge of danger is actually, although it may seem counterintuitive, but, but learning about danger is, and having a little bit of, of supervised experience with danger, um, again, you want to make sure that the gaining that experience, you know, isn't tragic, but experience is the antidote to inexperience. And so keeping that in mind, I think it can really help parents think about um, transforming just the hand-wringing and the anxiety that um, I can remember feeling as a parent and transforming that into action. So how do you, can you give us some examples of how you do supervised risk-taking to help um, children, adolescents understand the potential danger and how to, when to trust, when not to, how to protect themselves. Part of our study, we looked at um, how, how animals, you know, how animal adolescents get into trouble, what kinds of things befall them. So um, it turns out that if you think about all of the, you know, we, when we're driving along on the highway, sometimes we see roadkill, right? Now, roadkill, there, there are almost a million and a half animals every day in the United States who, um, who are killed in, you know, on highways by vehicles. And it turns out that they are disproportionately adolescent animals. So these are um, mammals who are, you know, they're called dispersing mammals. So they're just leaving their burrows and their dens and um, even birds and, and reptiles, etc. So th- they're disproportionately uh, big in size, but low in experience. They don't have what's called road smarts. And that's the ability of animals to become better at crossing human-made highways. Well, um, it's a fascinating story um, that we tell in the book, which um, came from the research of a Slovenian wolf biologist who followed the dispersal, that is the leaving home, of Slavic, who was an adolescent wolf um, who traveled from his home in Slovenia north through the Italian Alps. You know, he almost froze to death. He almost drowned to death in this icy river. He, uh, he got lost. It, it was quite a dramatic tale of how he made his way to this forest above Verona in Italy. But among the lessons is that he did not get killed on the highway, and that's a very high risk for adolescent wolves who are leaving home. And one of the reasons he didn't was that when he was a pup and when he was an older wolf, an an older cub, his mother taught him how to use these wildlife corridors that are built to protect wildlife in this region. And it turns out that um, coyotes can learn to cross the street. In other words, they can learn to become safer, even watching the traffic lights. This has been documented, and we have video of this happening in Chicago and other areas. And the takeaway is that 
when we think about how we teach our own kids to do something like crossing the street, we do it progressively. We, we, uh, we take them to the street, we hold their hand, we talk to them about what the dangers are, and then gradually we allow them to do a little bit and a little bit more. That model, which every parent is familiar with, is the model that is applied increasingly to learning how to drive, that we teach kids, adolescents, to drive gradually. But even beyond that, it can be used to teach kids to do all kinds of difficult and dangerous things, including um, entering a new environment, how to, um, what to watch for, um, how to how to look at things that don't seem quite right, um, how to get help, how to show, um, how to demonstrate to potential exploiters or even predators that you are not easy prey, uh, these kinds of things, but gradually, progressively, and not hiding from what's dangerous, but rather um, joining your young emerging adolescent in, in experiencing and encountering and Knowing what's dangerous, it's, it's kind of counterintuitive to what um, I think a lot of parents, including myself, kind of wanted to do um, when thinking about the many dangers that our adolescents might encounter. And, and so it's not protecting them in the sense of keeping them from danger, um, but it's teaching them how to recognize danger and then how to respond and I would imagine even how to seek help when necessary. Right. In our research, we were able to um, establish that that some of the most dangerous things that can happen, well, one of the most dangerous, um, one of the most dangerous ways for um, an emerging adolescent to live its young life is to have no experience with danger. Um, there are farm salmon, of course, and there are wild salmon. When we go to restaurants, you know, we have to make that choice. Farm salmon are raised in very protected environments when they're fried, when they're little tiny fish. And then when they reach adolescence, they are, um, you know, let out into waterways and make, they make their way to the oceans and then they, you know, do their spawning. But it turns out um, wild fry who are raised in environments where there are predators and they're watching how older salmon deal with predators and react and, and they learn from their peers, their, their more experienced peers. Wild salmon, when they become adolescents and smolts and they head toward the waterways, are much safer these farm salmon who are overprotected, you could say, when they go out into the oceans and, and head out, uh, they are, in some studies, um, at great risk of being um, preyed upon almost immediately. Some of the studies show a 95% predation rate for these overprotected farmed salmon. So I guess the moral of the story is that um, trying to hide from danger is not a very effective strategy in the long run. And even the idea that um, peers and, and what peers can teach adolescents uh, is dangerous and negative is, is not necessarily the case. There's a tremendous amount that a young adolescent can learn from more experienced adolescents, assuming, you know, they're, they themselves aren't doing dangerous things. So it, it's really about educating your adolescent about danger, about the most dangerous things that they might encounter. Um, that is so powerful, and uh, like you said, counterintuitive. So um, great information, and uh, we need to go to a break. And when we come back, um, 
we'll explore more about some of the things that may be counterintuitive. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, go to my website, drpaulajoyce.com, to sign up for my newsletter. You'll receive the information on all our shows and the chapter on my ultimate creator problem-solving process for my best-selling book, which will help you release hidden fears and blockages to hearing your soul your true self, your inner wisdom, healing at deep levels and getting what you truly want in life. This process came to me in that space that Albert Einstein talked about between sleeping and waking was a gift from the spiritual realm that helps my clients align their conscious and unconscious mind and move forward with ease and speed. They change from the inside out, creating lasting change and self-empowerment. Now in your paper, write down what insights have you gotten to help you in your own life or with a child you parent or know. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Dr. Horowitz, who's here to talk about what animals have to tell us about raising adolescent children. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Be the best that you can be. Dr. Paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session. Dissolve hidden barriers to your goals, solve your most challenging problems, and unleash your inner power. Visit PaulaJoyce.com or call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, at 214-208-3533 to find out more and to schedule your free consultation. Whether it's individual or group, business or personal, attain success with ease. Mention that you heard this on Uplift Your Life and receive 10% off your first service. Call 214-208-3533 or visit PaulaJoyce.com today. Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re-imaging your mission, Dr. Paula has game-changing speeches and presentations crafted just for you. She has helped leading experts solve their key challenges and can help you too while reducing stress and increasing your profitability. With Dr. Paula, you will find common ground in innovative solutions. Start now with a free consultation. Call Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, today at 214-208-3533 or visit paulajoyce.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit with Dr. Paula Joyce. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Dr. Paula at drpaulajoyce.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. 
If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I hope you wrote down what insights you have gotten to help you in your own life or with a child you know or parent. Remember to listen at the end of the show today to learn how Archangel Jethriah can help you. And I'm so glad we're here with Dr. Horowitz, who's here to talk about what animals have to tell us about raising adolescent children. Um, Dr. Horowitz, we were talking at the break about social media and its impact on um, depression and anxiety in adolescents. Would you talk with us some about that and and what parents can do? Right. So, um, you know, the the origin of every challenge-facing human adolescent can be found in the these animals and by studying animal adolescents and how they become adults and the challenges they face, we can really better understand some of the really puzzling and um, really frightening aspects of reading adolescents. Let's talk about social media. Uh, obviously, social media has sort of taken over society and there's this really troubling um, parallel phenomenon and that is rising rates anxiety and depression, and really severe depression among not only older adolescents, well, one of the ways to um, understand this connection is to really first look at what social media is about for adolescents. And um, I believe social media can be summed up as comparison. And so in order to understand social media, we need to understand the ancient biology of comparison. And if we look at fish and birds, for example, and how they live with each other in schools and flocks, each bird and each fish has a, a status level that is a, a, almost like a ranking relative to every other fish or bird with whom they live. And in nature, having a higher status increases an animal's survival. They have more access to food. They get to um, swim in a safer part of a school or fly in a safer part of a flock. They have more mating opportunities. And so, In nature, among these animals, when an individual rises in status, animal brains evolved to reward that bump in status, which is going to increase that animal's survival, um, with a neurobiological um, bump of pleasure. In other words, there is a a neurochemical um, shift, and it actually has to do with um, serotonin levels, which is an important neurotransmitter level. So when an animal rises in status, Their serotonin levels increase. When they fall in status, the opposite happens. The serotonin is reduced. And while you cannot ask a fish what it feels like to rise in status and experience that bump in serotonin, um, based on their behavior of of a fish who is winning and winning and winning, and based on the behavior of fish who are losing and losing and losing, that is, having lower and lower, lower serotonin levels, um, based on that behavior, uh, it seems likely that the neurobiology of losing in adolescent fish is very similar to the neurobiology of falling in status and, and losing and losing in, in human adolescence. In fact, um, when we've studied fish who have had lots and lots of loss, that is, they, they keep on having you know, falling on the wrong end of these comparisons. Um, when they're on the bottom, of the, the bottom of the ladder, they are withdrawn 
They um, aren't moving very much. They don't initiate um, contact with other fish. And that's very similar to what we see in, in adolescence, in our adolescence. Why this is important and the connection that this offers us, it allows us to really begin to understand, first of all, um, the origin of our moods, the ups and downs of moods, that is, um, rise in status and have a little bit of a, um, a reward. And by the way, that evolved probably to as a, as a way to shape behavior to increase an animal's survival and reproduction. In other words, at a girl, whatever you just did, do it again. So when we receive pleasure, it reinforces behavior and makes us do it again. And on the opposite end of things, if an animal falls in status, there's a kind of a kind of discomfort, let's say, which is communicating to the animal. It's a signal, uh-uh, this is dangerous. You're going in the wrong direction. Change what you're doing. So there's a purpose for the range of, of neurotransmitter variation that in our species we call moods. This biology of comparison, decoding, breaking down why we feel the way we feel on the positive ends of things and the opposite end can help us begin as parents to um, guide our kids about the dangers of social media. And by the way, social media is not all dangerous. There's some fantastic things about social media. But the point is, once you think of social media and its effect on adolescent brains as the biology of comparison, we can think of ways to help our kids avoid scenarios where they always feel less than, where they don't, where they feel like, oh, she has more followers. Oh, she gets more likes. Because well, we, when we were kids and, you know, high school is not a dream for everybody. It certainly wasn't for me. I might walk into the cafeteria and feel judged and I might feel a little status descent. But, you know, I might have, I might do well on a test and that would make me feel a little bit better. But whatever was happening, whatever the comparisons at school, when I got home, I closed the door to my bedroom and I got a break from it. For our kids today, they're being assessed and compared academically, athletically, socially at school. And then when that's all done, they reach into their pocket and they pull out their phone and boom, it's a tsunami of more comparison. So I think as parents, by simply thinking about social media as comparison and think about the connection between the biology of comparison and our moods, our teenagers' moods, we can, um, I think, reconceptualize um, just how we approach advising our kids and talking to them about how they're feeling. So it's not limiting uh, social media. It's, um, you know, like banning books. It's um, from libraries that we may not agree with. It's how do you read the book? How do you use social media? How do you respond in a healthy way That's to right. whatever is going on? You know, it's a, it's a powerful and important tool, but it's also, like, like other powerful and important tools, it can be dangerous. We, we don't um, let kids turn 16 and just give them the keys to a car, right? We, we know that, I mean, cars are incredibly important for our society, you know, and, and, but they're powerful tools. We don't just give them keys. We, we train them. We educate them. We require licensure. Well, you know, um, recently in the last several months, Middle school, in some states, middle schoolers are now at greater risk of having mortality related to suicide than even car accidents. And yet, 
we are not decoding and explaining and training middle school students about the, the biology of comparison and the dangers of social media for their moods and, and how it can, social media can, um, if not understood and, and experienced without um, context, really um, create very serious and potentially life-threatening problems for these kids. Training, information, knowledge. But I believe the biology of comparison is a really good framework for talking to teenagers about social media. So, and I assume that this impacts anxiety as well. Um, Yes. Yes. Anxiety is the experience of... You know, in a, if, if you think about animals living in a hierarchy, when they fall in status, there's a change in neurobiology. When they rise in status, there's an opposite change in neurobiology. But anxiety is the state of, of being assessed, of, of being evaluated, of, of not being sure where you're going to end up on, on this status hierarchy, so to speak. And the consequences um, of falling in status are, it's life or death for animal adolescents. And I think that we retain, we humans retain some of that life or death biology, and, um, and so for adolescents who are not sure where they're going to end up on the social hierarchy, the academic hierarchy, the athletic hierarchy, and then all of the places they go on social media, that anxiety becomes overwhelming. And we are seeing an epidemic in, in adolescent anxiety. Um, it has been the leading question that I get since this book was published about a month ago. So uh, we have to wrap up, but I'm thinking in addition to things like meditation and mindfulness, really helping children understand this idea of comparison and maybe even looking at people like you and I who, <laughs> who didn't have great experiences growing up, but yet um, become wonderful adults and so that it's getting a broader perspective. Absolutely. Across the animal kingdom, adolescence is hard. And the, the challenges and obstacles of adolescence um, are, you know, they're, they're the same. I mean, we, in, in wildhood, we literally map out the four obstacles, the four challenges of adolescence that every animal needs to face and master in order to become a, a mature adult. But first of all, I hope that adolescents, um, by understanding that there are animal adolescents, um, will feel less alone and also understand the purpose of adolescence, that it is hard for a reason, that the obstacles that they face, the, the dangerousness, the emotional difficulties, the, the difficulties with um, you know, coming of age sexually, we have a, a whole section on first times um, among wild animals that all of those difficulties and those obstacles are there to help them become powerful and strong and successful adults. Adolescence is hard, but it's hard for a reason. Thank you so much. A message of hope and connection. Thank you so much. And I encourage everyone to go to your website, wildhood.com, 
and to purchase your book, Wildhood, The Epic Journey from Adolescence to Adulthood in Humans and Other Animals. Thank you so much, Dr. Horowitz. And I'd also like to thank thank our audience for joining us for Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to paulajoyce.com, like us on Facebook, register for my new workshop, Discovering Hope and Silver Linings, read my latest blog, and learn about my services, including coaching, speaking, hands-on healing, remote healing, Akashic Records, House and Office Clearings, Dream Interpretation, or to sponsor one of my workshops. Um, And if you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over Skype or on the phone. When you work with me, you get support, guidance, and healing from the spiritual realm, the archangels, angels and guides of a high and positive spiritual nature work through me and directly with my clients. My process helps you remove hidden blockages and connects your mind, body, and soul, resulting in faster progress and profound healing emotionally, mentally, and physically. My private and corporate clients improve their wealth, health, and relationships. Click on the link to contact me and see for yourself. Now I want to introduce you to Archangel Jethrai, who's over positive growth change and transformation Archangel Jethraya ask her for her help daily in addition to whoever else you pray to in order to have continuing positive growth change and transformation in your adolescence life and in your life as a parent use your own words or say something like Archangel Jethraya I give you permission in a positive way only to help my child have positive growth and transformation during adolescence. Um, Pay attention to signs, synchronicity, and new information. This is a process, not an event. Also click on past guest Maureen St. Germain's banner for her guided meditations, five books and classes, her trained Akashic records, guides will help you navigate your way through life. Please join us next Thursday right here with Dan Willis, who will discuss protecting and healing the mind and heart on November 7th when Frank Joseph will discuss military encounters with extraterrestrials and November 14th when Darren Cockburn will discuss living a life of harmony. I want to hear what's on your mind and heart, so please keep sending me your questions, comments, and silver lining stories. This is Dr. Pauly, your CM or chosen mom, as designated by Dr. Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. All is loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Bless you and have a beautiful week. Thank you for tuning in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Please join Dr. Paula Joyce and her guest experts next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, have a positive week.